Player Profiler Faithful, it's your amigo, Matty Kiwoom, and welcome to episode 16 of The Game Plan. Today, I will be going right back into those trenches to break down some of the toughest lineup decisions heading into your semifinal matchups. What to do if you lost Jalen Hurts? Which Tampa Bay running back is the correct choice? I'll break all of that down. Plus, it's the holiday season, so you know we're going bargain bin shopping. So come on. Ladies and gents, let's start game planning for our week 16 matchups, a.k.a. the semifinals. We usually go over the uh, practices, the late of the week practices. We're going to do it as, as well. But, of course, make sure you go over to the Player Profiler uh, Twitter account, at Roto Underworld, because actives and inactives are rolling in quickly now that the 1 o'clock games are approaching. But let's just dive right on in. Missed practices. Guys who have been ruled out, Lamar Jackson will miss his matchup this week. Jalen Hurts will not suit up week 16 due to a sprained shoulder, maybe even longer. So you may need... More than just a one-week option if you've been relying on Mr. Hertz. Tyler Lockett has been ruled out after suffering a finger injury. Chris Olave has already been ruled out of the Week 16 matchup against the Browns. Nico Collins has been placed on season-ending IR. It's over for my man Nico, which is sad because I liked him this year. Damian Harris has been ruled out with that thigh injury. There was some up-in-the-air status if he was going to be an emergency running back or not. He is officially inactive, and Hayden Hurst will miss yet another game due to that calf injury. Moving on to the limited practices late in the week, Hollywood Brown suffered a groin injury in practice. He's questionable, uh, but he is expected to play. We are actually going to talk about him here in a minute. Jacoby Myers and Ramondre Stevenson, they've been limited all week, but both have been ruled active and will play against the Bengals this afternoon. Deontay Johnson. He's been also limited with a toe injury, but told reporters that he is going to play. Brandon Cooks is officially returning from his calf injury. He's been ruled as active. So is his teammate Chris Moore. Jeff Wilson appears likely to return from his hip injury, but he will carry that questionable tag. So you're going to want to follow that because that is actually a Sunday game. Broncos teammates Latavius Murray and Cortland Sutton are questionable, but they are both on the optimistic side of playing. And Noah Fant and Marquise Goodwin are active after practicing in a limited fashion all week. So if you need them, get them in your lineups because they are good to go. We will talk about both of them later in the show. Now on to the full practice, the guys that are ready to rock and roll. Tony G, my man Antonio Gibson, is off the injury report and will play against the toughest run defense in the San Francisco 49ers. Probably not going to use him, but I always like to watch Tony G play, so that's good. And Traylon Burks has been officially activated uh, versus Houston. He's been dealing with a concussion. Uh, a little news and note here, the Houston and Tennessee game will start an hour behind schedule due to some power issues in the Nashville area. So they will start at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 o'clock in their local Nashville time, or central time, I guess that would be. Either way, that game will be pushed back an hour. So that is the news and notes for the injuries. Make sure you're following the Roto Underworld on Twitter. Um, we got the updates. We are we are coming out fast and furious. It is playoff time, so we need them out and about and making it. We need that. We need it in real time. So let's go and follow that for your updates on actives and inactives. 
First, before we get into the trenches, I'd like to say happy holidays. If you celebrate Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah. If you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. Uh, enjoy Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve is a big day for my family, so it's we're uh, looking for a very exciting afternoon, especially with some extra football, baby. You got to love the football on, New, on Christmas Eve. And before I dive into the trenches, I got to give a shout out to my man, Stefan Diggs. But talking about my, my boy Rob, the Harry Snowman, we're both going to play him. Despite the insane weather conditions in Chicago, I, I'm rooting for him. I love Stefan Diggs, but we will talk about some of that stuff here in a second. Speaking of the trenches, let's get down and dirty, shall we? I got five players, well, six players technically. Well, actually, it's actually more than that. It's a handful of players, but five scenarios in which we're going to break down. Tough lineup decisions, and then we will dive briefly into the weather around the country. Let's go. Now, for the first uh, trenches part of it, if you want to call that that, the first, uh, what do you want to call it? The first onslaught that we're going to take in the trenches, the first thing we need to figure out when we're getting down and dirty for fantasy is what are you going to do if you lost Jalen Hurts? As I said, he is out this week, could be out longer than just this week. So what are we doing if we lost Jalen Hurts? So my favorite option, who's not widely available, he's available about uh, 67% of one QBs and seven, and he's, uh, I mean, he's rostered in about 67% of one QBs and about 78% of Superflex two QB format. So he's not widely available, but if he is, go pick up Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is QB 10 in player profilers ranks. I have him ranked pretty similarly. So we're we're both high as high on Jones as a top 12 option. He is partaking in one of the highest projected games in week 16. The over under in the Vikings versus Giants battle uh, is one of, like I said, one of the highest on the slate. It's coming in at 49 and a half points indoors which with the weather going crazy all over the country we like those indoor matchups and minnesota allows the second most passing yards and they've given up 302 rushing yards to quarterbacks and along with those 302 rushing yards they've given up three rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks now why is that important well Daniel Jones has the fifth most rushing yards for a quarterback and has the fourth most rushing TDs for a quarterback. So if Minnesota is generous in the pass game, which they have been, and they allow Daniel Jones to do what he do on the ground, he could be in for a very good fantasy day. And when you're losing a guy like Hertz, you're probably looking for a lot of production. And I think Daniel Jones might be able to pack a good punch here if you need it. So if he's available, like I said, he's only available about 25 to 35% of leagues out there on the sleeper format. Go ahead, pick him up. I think he is good. For, I think he's going to be a good game. Uh, a good for He's due for a very good game here against the uh, Minnesota Vikings. One quarterback I will not be recommending. I cannot suggest staying away from him enough is Tyler Huntley. Um, he is ranked pretty high in our, in our fantasy ranks here on player profile, but he's just been so bad against fantasy uh, i mean for fantasy this year he's failed to reach double digits in each of his games in which he started for the ravens the one game about 15 fantasy points came when he was act when he when he was asked to come in relief believe it or not in the games he started he hasn't even reached double digits i don't like that devin he has doesn't have devin duvernay now devin duvernay isn't a world beater but to be down yet another pass catcher is not good for a guy like tyler huntley and with the 35 of, I mean, uh, 34.5 over under, Vegas isn't projecting this to be a slugfest. So I'm not looking to get in on Tyler Huntley. I don't think he's a good option here for 
for for fantasy teams. I don't think if you're in your semis, you should rely on Tyler Huntley. And I know the uh, uh, the Atlanta Falcons seems to present a good matchup for him. But if you actually look at their last five games against quarterbacks, now this is the talent level for sure speaking here, but they haven't given up a whole lot of points to guys like Andy Dalton, Tyler Hineke, um, and PJ Walker. Now I, I know, I know you're like, Oh God, man, man, these guys stink. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, Tyler Huntley kind of stinks. So, I mean, I think he's a lot closer to them than he is the guy I'm going to mention, which was Justin Fields who scored 23 fantasy points against Atlanta a few weeks ago. So if you're the fact of the fact, if you think that Tyler Huntley is closer to Justin Fields than he is to the Tyler Hennekees and the Andy Dalton's, first of all, I don't agree, but that's your prerogative, but I am not starting Tyler Huntley if I can, if I can avoid it. Now, the other option here is the guy filling in for Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew, baby. Now, if you stick around, I'm going to dive more into Mr. Minshew later in the show, but I do believe he is an option here for Jalen Hurts. The next player I'm going to talk about is the running back from the Kansas City Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco, or as my man Jay Mahoney says in the Discord, by the way, join the dang Discord, Mr. Isaiah Pacheco. We're going to be paying off some checks this week. He is coming off an 8.7 dud against a soft matchup, but he has 80-plus yards from scrimmage in six straight of Kansas City's contests. That's good. Kansas City are double-digit home favorites with a 49-and-a-half over-under. Seattle does not present a very strong front against running backs. They are 28th in rush DVOA. They've given up the fourth most rushing yards and the second most rushing TDs. There's, you know, projected to be cold weather in Kansas City like it is everywhere else in the country. So that could also present some opportunities to keep the ball on the ground. Now, it didn't happen in week 15, but I am a process over results type of guy. So I am going back to the Pacheco well. They were ho- they were uh, road favorites by 14 against Houston last week, but it ended up being a game that went in overtime. It was way closer of a game that led to Jarek McKinnon going bonkos. Now, I still like McKinnon in this game. I don't think he's something I'm getting away from, but... If we're trying to decide whether to use Isaiah Pay the Checo, I'm going back to the well, and I am actually going to be playing Pacheco over guys like Zeke. I am going to be playing guys over, this might be controversial, David Montgomery, who I do like because of the weather conditions there, so I do like Montgomery, but I would take Pacheco over Montgomery, and I would take Pacheco over the Tampa Bay running backs. And speaking of those very Tampa Bay running backs. It's going to bring me to the next bullet point here in the trenches, deciding between Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. Now, there's probably a handful of teams out there that drafted uh, Leonard Fournette, scooped up uh, Rashad White in free agency as a handcuff plus, satellite plus type of guy. Now you're in your playoffs, you're in your semis, and you're deciding, am I going to start Lenny? Or am I going to start Rashad? So I wanted to break that down here today in the trenches. So let's talk about Leonard Fournette. He's running back 23 in player profilers ranks. He has a 50% or more snap share in 11 of the 13 games in which he's played. So you're talking about lion's share. You're talking about Leonard Fournette. Now, in the last three games, he has had a 50-plus percent route participation rate. So he is running a whole lot of routes. And Leonard Fournette has seen seven targets in three of Tampa Bay's last five Games, So he is being used quite a bit in the passing game, which has been a strength of Rashad White throughout his rookie season. So uh, we are 
we're talking about two guys that can get the job done in that regard. Now let's talk about Rashad White. Rashad White is running back 21 on player profilers, running back ranks for week 16. Uh, he has 11 carries a game over his last three Tampa Bay uh, matchup. So he is getting the ball as a traditional running back and has 75 or more total yards for scrimmage in three of his last five games. Leonard Fournette has outscored white by almost four points over those three games. So it's not a wide margin. It's very close between the two running backs. But since the decision is seemingly, you can make the decision all the way up to Sunday night football. And this is where I'm going to split hairs here because both guys have been good. And to be honest, I like both of them as top 24 plays. So I'm get, I'm kind of getting in the trenches of between the two. But in terms of them as a as if you only roster one, I'm starting both of them over A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams, either Colts running back or either Washington running back. So I do like them both as top 24 plays. But if you're deciding between just the two, this is my recommendation. And I know it's not necessarily the strongest, but I think it is the best process in which to follow. The decision can come. You can wait all the way till Sunday night football. If you need a floor, you had a good Saturday, I'm going for net. I love his floor. He's scoring double digits almost every single game. I mean, the guy is on a six or seven game double digit streak in which he's setting a really, really strong floor. That's why I like the floor play. Now, if you need a ceiling play, maybe Saturday didn't go as well as you had wanted or your guys just didn't necessarily go off or the team you're going against. Let's give them some credit. Maybe they went off. I'm going to go Rashad White because he does have the spike game with 19.9 and 16.9 when he was running back 10 in week 13. So given the ch- given the fact that they are going up against the Cardinals, who does present a pretty decent matchup, they're kind of middle of the road in both passing and rushing uh, uh, running backs. Uh, so I'm gonna that's how I'm gonna play it. If I got them both, I'm gonna wait till wait till Sunday night to make the decision, and I'm gonna choose Leonard Fournette if I need the floor and if I need the ceiling. I'm going Rashad White, but if I only have one and I got to make the decision now, I am starting them as both top 24 running backs because they've both been able to produce while they've shared the backfield. Because when I talked about Leonard Fournette having the lion's share, it's not like it's 75%. It's not even 65%. It's in the 50s, low 60s. And Rashad White has seen a 41.3% snap share, a 53.4% snap share, and a 41.4% snap share over the last three weeks. So he's getting his chances too. So I like them both, but if I have to choose and I need the floor, give me Fournette. If I need the ceiling, give me Rashad White. The next guy I would like to dive into is Hollywood Brown. I talked about him at the top of the show. He's dealing with an injury, which just goes against him for, uh, you know, you don't want to get a play guy in the semis who's not a 100%. So the things against Hollywood uh, Brown this week is Trace McSwirly. That's right. I'm calling him Trace McSwirly because it's funny is starting at quarterback. He uh, didn't look great last week, but he has been with the team, which does factor into the comfortability potentially in this offense and his familiarity with the offensive weapons. But he is a definite downgrade from definitely Kyler Murray and probably from Colt McCoy. Tampa Bay is 10th in pass DVOA, so they are not a cupcake by any stretch for opposing wide receivers. They are, uh, the Tampa Bay defense is one of only 10 teams to not allow 2,000 yards or more receiving to wide receivers, so they have been pretty stout in that regard. The over-under of 40.5 is not something I like to sink my teeth into. It's not something that I get overly excited about here in on Sunday Night Football. 
And since returning from injury, he's catching 58% of the passes thrown to him. Um, it's that it's not terrible. That's not for a guy with such big playability. Uh, I like Hollywood Brown. That's not a number that I'm going to totally uh, cry about. But if he's limited with injury, if he's limited by his quarterback, catching only 58% of the targets thrown his way is not good. It suggests that he's going to need a whole lot of volume. And with D Hop on that team and James Conner getting a lot of touches, I just don't see the volume being there in this type of matchup. And if you're looking for some alternatives to Hollywood Brown, these are some names that I would consider. Uh, DJ Moore, I would definitely go with DJ Moore over Hollywood. And if you're looking for some more bold options, I would probably play Marquise Goodwin now that he is active in a game in which he could really go off. Like I said, we'll talk more about him in a minute. And if as long as he's active and isn't limited, I would play Cortland Sutton over Hollywood Brown. I know that sounds crazy, but I think there's a floor there as long as he's healthy. If you if any reports come out that say he's he's limited, he's going to have a pitch count, I'm going to pivot off him. But if he looks like a full go, give me Cortland Sutton over uh, Hollywood Brown. Now, the last guy that I'm going to talk about in the trenches is a tight end. It's Dallas Goddard. Okay, Dallas Goddard is returning from injury. He is going to make his uh, return to the lineup today against the divisional opponent, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it is, like I said, his first game back. He has no Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's ranked tight end 15 on player profilers ranks. So there are a lot of guys ahead of him uh, on our ranks. But, you know, in, in Dallas, the reason why he's ranked solo probably is because Dallas has only surrendered one, just one touchdown to tight end. So they have been good against the position. Now, I, having said all that, I'm still playing Dallas Goddard over almost anyone outside of Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Kittle, Schultz, and Frymuth. So I got him in my top seven or eight. I just love his big playability. And Dallas Goddard last year in week 13. So let's go back in time. Let's get in our time machines. Let's, do, 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 do. let's go back in time to last year. Week 13, the Philadelphia Eagles took on the New York Jets, and Gardner Minshew was the starting quarterback in that game. And Dallas Goddard, how did he perform with Mr. Minshew? Mr. Steal Your Girl, Gardner Minshew. Well, Dallas Goddard had six targets, caught every single one of them for 105 yards, two touchdowns, scoring 28 and a half fantasy points on running only 22 routes. So even if he's on some sort of a pitch count against this tough defense, I still believe there's a chance at a touchdown or a big play from Dallas Goddard. And when you're having to deal with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown on the outside, I'm willing to play Dallas Goddard almost over everyone other than the big dogs, your Kelsey's, your Andrews, your Hawkinson's, Kittle, Schultz, and Freiman. So I have uh, Dallas Goddard as a top seven or eight option. So I'm playing him in a lot of situations where I roster him, especially coming back from injury can be tough, can be nerve-wracking, but I believe in the talent and I believe in his connection with Gardner Minshew. So to recap the trenches here, before we talk just big picture weather stuff, who are you looking at? If you lost Jalen Hurts, you're looking at Daniel Jones or Gardner Minshew. Do not go to Tyler Huntley. If you're wondering if you should start Isaiah Pacheco, I believe you should. Uh, I do have him ranked. I would play him over Montgomery, Zeke, and the Tampa Bay running backs. And of those Tampa Bay running backs, I have them both as top 24 options. So that also puts Isaiah Pacheco into some perspective. Uh, but I am taking Leonard Fournette if you need the floor, or I'm taking Rashad White if you need the ceiling. Hollywood Brown, I'm looking for alternatives if possible. Guys like DJ Moore or Marquise Goodwin or even Cortland Sutton if he's a full go. And if you're getting nervous about Dallas Goddard playing him back from returning from injury, I say play him. Get him in your lineup, and I think he will come through for you. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. So I want to talk really quick about the, the weather. I don't have a whole lot to add here. 
because I just it's it's been the topic of the week. It has been what everyone is nervous about, myself included. Um, I'm not sitting here. I am nervous about a lot of these games, but we can't always predict what's going to happen. Uh, like on Thursday, for instance, the weather was horrid, and Christian Kirk saw a lot of targets. He didn't catch all of them. He had an awful drop. If he didn't, his game looks a whole lot better. And the, the Jaguars settled for a ton of field goals in which their kicker went off. In a game that there's a lot of wind, we don't really like to play kickers, but Riley Patterson was pretty good in that game. So it's not completely predictable. Trevor Lawrence, he rushed a touchdown. Had he thrown one when they were close? Had Doug Peterson decided to go for it on that fourth and one on, like, I think it was the 30 instead of kicking a field goal? We could be looking at totally different games. Now, what does that mean for the, the Browns versus the Saints and the Bills versus the uh, Bears in what is going to be what, minus 25 to minus 40 degree weather? Huge wins. Ah, man, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of analysis here other than I'm playing my studs. I am staying away from the kickers because I just feel like in a kicker stuff is so flimsy. It's so kind of here and there that I will stay away from bad weather in that regard. But your Stefan Diggs and playing them uh, like the thing that comes to mind for Stefan Diggs, uh, the New England Patriots went up to Buffalo and played in a damn near hurricane last season. And in that game, he had seven targets. Stefan Diggs had caught four of them for 51 yards. A 9.1 fantasy game in PPR formats is a decent floor. And now if he catches a touchdown in that game, all of a sudden we're looking at uh, 15 fantasy points, and he's basically making his projection. And also in that game, Gabe Davis had a touchdown. He caught a touchdown in that game. He scored 11 fantasy points. So it's not that I'm going to be excited about playing these guys in the bad weather, but if any quarterback can help get through bad weather, it's a guy like Josh Allen. And on the other side of the on the other the other sideline, Justin Fields, he's been such a menace running the football that I'm going to play him. And if he can run the ball and produce in that regard, it's going to push the pace. It's going to keep the scoring going, and they're going to have to try to score. It can't necessarily win 10-3 to if Justin Fields is doing what he wants to do. Now, the other game that I want to talk about is the Cleveland Saints game. There's just not a whole lot of juicy weapons there. I'm playing Kamara for sure. I'm playing Chubb for sure. But, you know, your DPJs, your Amari Coopers, your – I don't know who's even going to play at wide receiver because there's no Jarvis Landry, there's no Chris Olave, so I guess Rashad Shahid. I'm staying away from those guys. I'm going to gravitate to the running backs and maybe Taysom Hill. There's rumors going around that Taysom Hill is going to be operating that offense. And if you can get a guy playing a whole lot of quarterback slash running back at the tight end position, that's definitely something you're going to want to get in your lineups. But I'm staying. I'm 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 going to play Diggs. And I'm going to steer away from the, the fringe guys. Mark Cooper hasn't been healthy. Deshaun Watson hasn't looked great. So I'll stay away from them. But in terms of your studs, I'm going to stick to that. So I don't have necessarily your, your individual player analysis for the weather. But what I can say is use good process and the results will hurt less if it doesn't go in your opinion. It doesn't go your way. That's just kind of how I feel. And I think the process is play your studs that can that can do a whole lot in a horrible situations. And like I said, last year, the Bills played the Patriots in a hurricane and Diggs had 9.1 fantasy points. So uh, I think that he can hover around those double digits. Now, he's going to get 40? Probably not. He's probably not going to have big plays, but could he get six catches for 40-something yards and maybe a touchdown? Boom, there's his projections right there. So I'm playing my studs despite terrible weather, but your fringe guys, Look for alternatives, especially with some juicy indoor matchups. There's a lot of guys like Darius Slayton and Adam Thielen available indoors. If you're feeling comfortable with one of those, a lesser talented but a better situation in terms of weather, I, c- I can completely understand there. Okay, so that's kind of my weather analysis or lack thereof, I guess, to be honest. But before I get into the bargain bin, I want to talk to you about the holidays. Now, the holidays are great. 
It's a great time to be with family, with friends, enjoy football, enjoy some food. It's great. But it can be a bit stressful. You know, dealing with the family isn't always a, a, a walk in the park. And if you're eliminated from fantasy, it's just sad. It stinks not having your fantasy team available during the holidays. But don't have to worry. There are alternatives if your teams are not alive. And one of those alternatives is RivalFantasy.com. Rival Fantasy is a new platform that is it's fun. It has unique game styles. You can challenge people. You can play fantasy bingo, which I highly recommend. Fantasy bingo is a ton, a ton of fun. Now, if you want to try fantasy bingo, you select a starting lineup and you unlock fantasy achievements. If you fill five squares in a row or all four corners, you win. It's a fantasy football twist on a classic game that everyone can enjoy. Rival Fantasy Sports is a great place to play fantasy when your seasonal teams are done. They're playing golf. Your boys are not going to suit up today for the fantasy semis. Go ahead and go to rivalfantasy.com and, and you can play some really fun games like bingo. Now, we do have a special offer for you since you're a, uh, since you're part of the Underworld Army, since you're part of Player Profiler Nation, we have a special offer for you. Sign up at RivalFantasy.com using the promo code PLAYER, and you will activate your 100% first play insurance. That's right. You can play worry-free. That, so just go to RivalFantasy.com and get 100% loss protection up to your first $50. So just use that promo code PLAYER. And have some fun with Rival. Let's do it, baby. So let's get into the bargain bin players for week 16. The cheapos. The guys you might be able to find on your waiver wire that you need to play. The, the guys with the heart. The big heart for your fantasy semis. And if you're new to the show, first of all, welcome. What we do here is we go two we go position by position, two guys at each position. They are your deep, your cheap DFS options or your uh, widely available guys as well. So let's go into the quarterback position. The first guy I'm going to talk about, I alluded to him in the top of the show, Gardner, Mr. Steel, yo girl, Minshew. At the Dallas Cowboys, he's rostered about 10% of one QB leagues on sleeper. Player profiler has him ranked at QB 19. I got him at QB 12. Pretty excited about the over under 46 and a half is a nice number to play some of these fringe guys. And the Philadelphia Eagles are four and a half point dogs on the road. Didn't think I would say that this season with how well they're playing. But when you lose a guy like Jalen, the presumable MVP of the season, potentially, you know, that type of thing can happen. So I talked about Gardner Minshew as a starter last year. He had two starts. He played week 13 and week 18 in week 13. He had 18.8 fantasy points. He finishes QB 10 and in week 18, the clean them up week where you get a lot of backups, including his weapons. You know, Devontae Smith didn't play a whole lot in that game. They didn't have AJ Brown. Of course, he had 15.4 fantasy points. He was QB 17. I think that presents a pretty good floor given him in this offense. Okay. Now in games in his career, his entire career, including the Jacksonville Jaguar days, uh, where he's attempted 20 or more passes. He has 16.9 fantasy points a game. He has finished as QB 10 or better five times. He's finished QB 12 or better seven times and has finished as QB 15 or better 18 times. So I think that suggests there's a pretty good floor here for Mr. Minshew. He will have his full repertoire of weapons. He'll have Sanders. He'll have Goddard. He'll have Brown. And he will have Smith. That is a good, that is some good ammo when you're going against a team, even with a tough defense like Dallas. And let's not forget, he might be cheap. 
He might be available in leagues, but my man's swag is on 1 million. My man has got that mojo and they need this win to lock up the number one pick. I mean, the number one seed in the playoffs. I think that Gardner Minshew will get it done. So if you're looking for a quarterback to replace Jalen Hurts, like I talked about at the top of the show, and Daniel Jones isn't an option, look for my man, Gardner Minshew. The other quarterback I'm going to talk about, we are digging deep. We are moving aside a whole bunch of stuff. We are going deep, 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 deep into the bargain bin for this guy. And I'm talking about Mr. Nick Big Richards Fold. Shout out Jack Cavanaugh. He's taking on the La- Los Angeles Chargers. I always go right to San Diego. Go Chargers, go. If you know, you know. He is only rostered in 2% of sleeper leagues. Player profiler has him at QB 15. I got him at QB 13, and I'm damn sick about it. But that's where I got him. Over under 45 and a half is a pretty good number. And the Indianapolis Colts are home dogs by four and a half points. The Los Angeles Chargers present the 14th most advantageous QB matchup. So it's about middle of the road. Uh, Los Angeles also uh, is middle of the road for past DVOA. So it's not it's really a neutral matchup. It's nothing to be super scared about. They are going to have Derwin James back, which could make things more difficult. But in a potential indoor shootout, this is the type of thing we're trying to get into. So the type of thing we're trying to buy here in the holiday season. Like I mentioned, the indoor matchup, weather's crazy around the country. Being indoors, being nice and warm could present good opportunities for, for scoring football. Oh, scoring football. Scoring opportunities, which we like in fantasy. And there's no Jonathan Taylor to lean on. So they could presumably have more throwing opportunities because they don't have one of the best running backs in football toting the rock 20-plus times. So that is why I think that Nick Foles is a pretty good bargain bin option if you're uber, uber, uber desperate. Let's talk about some running backs. First running back I'd like to talk about is Nick Foles' teammate, Dion the Dart Jackson. He also takes on the Chargers because, they, like I said, they're teammates. He's 17% rostered in sleeper. Uh, player profile has ranked at 42. I got him ranked at 33 because uh, and basically the, the discrepancy here is the player profile ranks has Zach Moss ahead of uh, Deion Jackson, I would rather play Deion Jackson over Moss, so I kind of flip-flop them in my rankings. As I mentioned a minute ago, the 45 over-under is a good number, and the home dogs by four and a half is exactly what we want out of guys who can catch the ball. And Deion Jackson caught a touchdown last week. He has shown he can handle the the pass-catching uh, duties in, in Indianapolis. The Chargers, have give, they give up 4.4 points allowed to the mean, two receiving touch, uh, running backs. That's the third most advantageous matchup in that metric. They give up the second most rushing yards to running backs. So if he does get some carries, some of your traditional running back work, he can do damage with it. And the Chargers have given up four receiving touchdowns to running backs, which is the third most. As I said, Jackson has a receiving touchdown just last week. They're 25th in rush DVOA. So as a unit, they're not really great at stopping the run. And Zach Moss' usage was based on having a 33-point lead. And when you look at it, it didn't freaking work. It didn't work. They blew that lead. So I don't think that all of a sudden Jeff Saturday and company are going to go, we need to give Zach Moss the rock. Zach Moss has earned all our trust. And they they lost. They Their game plan last week lost them the game, but not the game plan you come here for, the game plan of Medicube. That is going to help you win games. Anyway, 
I don't believe that the usage of Zach Moss is sticky to this week like it was last week. So I like Deion Jackson. I think he's more talented. Give me Deion in the bargain bin option. Now, this next guy popped up on the injury report, which I don't like, but I'm going to talk about him anyway because it seems as if he is going to play, and that's Jordan Mason versus the Washington Commanders. He's rostered about 32% of leagues. Player profiler has him ranked at running back 52, and I got him ranked right there at running back 50. So he is a deep, deep, deep option. The over-under of 37.5 doesn't suggest shootout, but the fact that the Niners are home favorites by seven points does is a number that we like for, for, for running backs like Jordan Mason. Now, the game flow does suggest that the Niners could have the game in the bag early, and Jordan Mason has 50 or more rushing yards in each of the last three games. He does have a breakaway run, so a run of 15 or more yards in each of those games. And last week, week 15, he had a 55-yard run at the end of the game. So he's done all of that with snap shares of 19%, 32.2%, and 8.2%. So he doesn't need a whole lot of volume to break one off. And his teammate Christian McCaffrey calls Mason the closer. So will he close out this game? I think if the Vegas projections are correct, we could see enough Jordan Mason where he can get you those five points on five rushing or oh, 50 rushing yards. And if he sniffs the end zone, boom, he's sitting there in your top 24 running backs. And then you're, if you're super desperate, you will absolutely take that. That's why I like Jordan Mason as a super bargain bin option. Let's keep this train moving over to the wide receivers. The first wide receiver I'd like to talk about is my man Marquise Goodwin. He is officially active. Hooray, hooray. They are at the Kansas City Chiefs. He's only rostered about 11% of leagues. Player profile has him at uh, wide receiver 35. I'm right there at wide receiver 36. The over-under 49 is a noise. The Seahawks are 10-point dogs on the road, which does suggest cleanup time comeback mode and that's what we like from pass catchers we also like the soft matchup the kansas city chiefs give up 0.8 fantasy points allowed to wide receivers the 13th most advantageous matchup in that regard they have also surrendered 186 total receptions to wide receivers that's the seventh most and 19 receiving touchdowns to wide receivers that is the most in past dvoa they rank 25th so they're not great as a unit according to football outsiders and Marquise Goodwin does have two top 12 finishes this season. Uh, there is no Tyler Lockett, and he is projected to get Legereus Sneed. Sneed ranks as cornerback 41 in Cody Carpentier's CB ranks. Now, that is something I highly suggest checking out. Cody does a great job ranking the cornerbacks, and that gives you a great idea of who the guy that will be lining up against your fantasy players are. Are they good? Are they bad? Can they cover? Go check out Cody's ranks now and find that out. That All of that stuff that I just mentioned, that's why I like Marquise Goodwin. I also like me some DK Metcalf this week as well, but he's not in the bargain. Man. That guy is a stud. The next guy I'd like to talk about, is wide receiver from the New York Giants. We said, I talked about at the top of the show, that is a sneaky shootout potential game there. They are, the New York Giants are at Minnesota. He's only rostered about 36% of leagues. Player profile has him at ranked at wide receiver 60. I got him a little bit higher at wide receiver 53. The over under of 48 is a number I will definitely get excited about. And the Giants are home dogs by four points. Okay, so. The Minnesota Vikings have allowed 211 receptions to wide receivers. That's the most in the NFL. They've given up 28 
1,807. So 2,807 receiving yards, two wide receivers. That's the second most in the NFL. They have a pass defensive unit. They rank 27th in pass DVOA. Not good. And Richie James is projected to face Shandon Sullivan, who has a minus 2.2 coverage rating. That's the 71st in that metric, so he's not great at covering. And Richie James does have five double-digit games this season. He saw quite a bit of targets last week in a pretty lackluster uh, event. So I do uh, like Richie James this week uh, to play if you're absolutely desperate. Let's move on to the tight ends. Uh, First tight end I'd like to talk about is Noah Fant, who is officially listed as active. We love to see that again the seattle seahawks take on the kansas city chiefs he's rostered in about half of uh sleeper league so he could be available player profiler has him ranked at tight end 16 i got him ranked at tight end 15 pretty lockstep there the over under 49 and the seattle seahawks are 10 point dogs on the road both numbers we like here in the bargain bin the chiefs give up 2.92 fantasy points allow two tight ends over league average that is the ninth best the ninth most advantageous matchup in that metric they are 25th in past dvoa as i previously mentioned for marquis goodwin they've also given up seven touchdowns to tight ends that's tied for the fourth most in football noah fant has 211 yards after catch that's 11th highest amongst qualified tight ends so he can create for himself and he has 14 or more fantasy points in two of the last three games and three of the last seattle or seattle's six games so in the last six games he has 15 or 14 or more fantasy points. So he has a pretty good floor. And if they're in comeback mode, comeback effort, Noah Fant can absolutely benefit from that. So I do like Fant. I do like Goodwin. And I do obviously love the specimen, DK Metcalf, in that matchup. Uh, they, it's supposed to be really cold, but the wind isn't supposed to be uh, bad enough to really affect passing games in the way Geno Smith's been so accurate that I, I think he can handle the frigid weather. He did play in New York. Uh, earlier in his career after all the last tight end the last player i'm going to talk about here in the bargain bin is robert tunyon at miami he's rostered again about half of sleeper leagues player profiler has ranked at tight end 21 i got him at tight end 16 the over under of 50 and the fact that green bay are uh, road dogs by four points are metrics we are excited about here in the old bargain bin The Miami Dolphins present the fourth most advantageous matchup for opposing tight ends, uh, and they are 26th in past DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. The Dolphins have given up 86 receptions to tight ends. That's the second most in the NFL. And they are one of seven teams in the NFL to allow 800 or more receiving yards to opposing tight ends. Numbers that we like to look at. And also, they've given up nine touchdowns. Two tight ends, which is the second most. Now, Tunyon has not seen any volume this year, but when we're going deep in the bargain bin for tight ends, we are looking for touchdowns. And Robert Tunyon could absolutely haul in a touchdown. So I think he's worth playing if you're desperate at the tight end position. So to wrap up the bargain bin section, the two quarterbacks I recommend is Gardner Minshew and Nick Foles, running backs Dion the Dart Jackson and Jordan Mason, a.k.a. the closer, Marquise Goodwin and Richie James at wide receiver, Noah Fant and Robert Tunyon at the tight end position. So that's going to wrap up the bargain bin, and we're about to wrap up the show, but before we do, I have a homework for Simon for you. Whoa, buddy! Whoa, homework for Simon, it's the holidays! What? Well, listen up. 
this home exam is very easy. It's just to have the happiest of holidays. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy your family. Enjoy football. Enjoy the food. Eat, drink, and be merry. That's all I got to say. Happy holidays to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for rocking with me. So your homework assignment is easy. Just enjoy the holidays with you and yours. And my final thought is do not overthink every single lineup decision. Take breaks from staring at your roster. I have probably looked at my roster for a total of 48 hours over the past week trying to make all my decisions. It is tough. It's hard to not roster bait and stare at your your lot of decisions, but take a break and don't overthink everything. You got yourself to the semis. You got yourself here. Your team is there. Okay, so you've done the right things. You've made the right process plays. And so stick to your gut. Okay, stick to your gut, because at the end of the day, this is your team. You got to make the decisions, but just don't overthink everything. Sit back, stay in the pocket, and I think things will go your way. So that's my final thought, and that's the episode. Uh, Happy holidays. That's episode 16. Please subscribe to Player Profiler's YouTube channel if you're not already, and smash this like button. We want to get those numbers way, 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 way up. Follow Player Profiler on TikTok. We have two profiles, one at Player Profile, one uh, Profiler underscore NFL. We got a whole lot of great stuff coming there. Follow our IG account. My man Jason is killing it. Speaking of Jason, check out our show, Trade Gods. It comes out every single Thursday. You can come hang out with us there as we talk through all Dynasty trades now. We're in that time of the year. Follow me on Twitter. I am at Maddie Kiwu. And check out all of the articles that come out on playerprofiler.com. And before you go, if you want to join the all-in package, you want access to the DFS Dominator, to the Dynasty Deluxe, to our player rankings, to the data analysis tool, you can get it now until the end of the football season, not the regular season, the end of the NFL season. So all the way through February for just $10, $10 right now. And all you got to do is use the promo code Maddie. So get the all-in package for just $10. Use that promo code Maddie and help your boy out. So let's keep game planning and I'll talk to you next week. Peace.